0: Welcome back here into the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. It is the Week 2 Edition, Episode 12. It's hard to believe, but we're happy to be here helping you win. I'm Dan Klaskitz, along with James Adams. And as we'll do every week, we're going to put the finishing touches on our previous week. We'll talk a little injuries. We're definitely going to hit that waiver wire. And of course, we're going to take our first look at the slate ahead, including Going into some of our favorite prop bets over at Thrive Fantasy, we're going to talk about all that, but uh, James, here we are, my friend, Uh, back after one week. It was nice setting lineups. Watching the games was a little stressful, but overall, overall, it was just great to have football back and all the madness that goes along with it.
1: It was absolutely beautiful. Um, I didn't even stress lineup Sunday. I mean, I was fortunate enough to be at the uh, overtime Bengals victory against the Vikings. So, Absolutely. Uh, but I just I just soaked it in. I went, you know, we went out afterwards, watch football, even watching the Sunday Niner. I just watch football. And then Monday, I check the scores. And then Monday night. Well, well, that got incredibly stressful. But, you know, it is kind of what we do it for. Right. I mean, this is part of the enjoyment of fantasy football is hanging on the edge. And sometimes it doesn't go your way as well. Dan, I think you already know it did not for me in a couple of high stakes leagues. Yeah.
0: You play long enough. You're going to have some tough losses. Yep. You're going to have some narrow victories, some blowouts along the way too. I I, I had pretty good fortunes in week one. I will say my biggest sweat was in my Scott Fishbowl lineup where uh, literally I had Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews going and just needed to get like 10 points late in the fourth quarter. And it, the overtime gave me, got me there for the victory. I thought I had it in the bag up like, like three and a half points. And then Lamar Jackson's second fumble of the game. I had a... Go back to the live scoring. I end up winning by like less than a half a point. I'm praying. I'm praying for no stack corrections. But I will say this, James. I was a big winner because that was one of a handful of leagues that on Sunday morning before the game started, I went and picked up Elijah Mitchell. So we'll talk about that more as we get into our waiver wire Discussion, but uh overall week one, James. If I throw out my three serious XM leagues, one of which is a dynasty team that I just suck and my team's crap. <laughs> I mean, Michael Thomas was like my stud, and I mean it's just nothing. I'm about ready to sell when it's week two. The other one, it was a post-draft league. I'd I literally drafted in March and had Cam Akers in my hero running back there. So but I lost those three leagues in the rest of my 15 season long leagues, and those were all free leagues, so you know, I want to win, but it wasn't quite distinct. Literally, I only lost one other game, James. And that was a KFFC team where I was the fourth highest scoring in that league. So I was like, man, this this was a good week one for me. I know it's all going to go downhill in week two. But uh, you got to take it one week at a time. Let's not overreact, good or bad, Mm -hmm. to your situation. Uh, Obviously, injuries will be a factor. We'll get to some of those. But before we even talk about some of the big injuries or all the other things, I mean, as we take our final look back here at week one, it's interesting to think about all the things that could be going on there. So we're going to we're gonna offer some first takes. Before we do that, definitely have some homework items to tell you about, including if you like the podcast, if this is the first time you ever come across it, well, you want to subscribe wherever you listen. You get it at any time, the insiderfootball.com. And while you're there, you can also take advantage of our deal over at Thrive Fantasy using that promo code FANTASTICS. You get 100% of a, a bonus match back there you can get into the thrive fantasy prop bet dfs contest i actually uh paid uh i actually cashed james i cashed in the $20 i didn't think i did all that great but it was nice to log back in and see that uh i actually got paid now i only made $5 but it was a profit uh i finished in the money on the taking that crack at the uh, guaranteed money last week this week it's a $50,000 pool will james and i will make our picks on that a little bit later but uh, also, if you're into DFS, you want to make some money there. I, I had a good week using our My Fantasy Fix DFS optimizer tool. You can get that over there as well at My Fantasy Fix. Uh, all the great features, uh, all the great things like VAM rating and things we use in our fantastic software into your lineups daily. So you want to check out the deal. $69.95 for the whole season is a great investment. It'll help you make some money. But, James, let's dive into week one. Just some final takes. I mean, as we come at people here on Tuesday night, we're starting to flip the week. But, you know, me and you haven't talked. I haven't even really talked to you other than text message about all the action. Um, I got to say, the biggest shock to me, and it definitely stung me the most, especially in my betting, was how terrible the Green Bay Packers looked. I mean, I know there's been some dysfunction this offseason, and perhaps I overrated the departures in this Saints defense a bit but I thought the Packers were going to roll minus the three and not only did they not win that game they got blown out and from a fantasy perspective Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones were among the biggest duds
1: of the week no doubt about it Um, I'm not going to overreact to that one though because I do think uh, people will say oh Jameis Winston looked great a lot of touchdowns to support those fantasy points to the Packers side you know, you got to keep in mind, this was a little bit of a weird game for them, too, because they weren't traveling to where they expected to travel to. And I don't know. It was ugly. I, um, I mean, it's easy enough to quote Aaron Rodgers here and just say, relax. But happens again, and then there is a problem. It didn't look good. And the dysfunction, I mean, there's clearly some issues there with Aaron Rodgers, right? He was trying to get out of there. I'll wait and see how it plays out after another week, so I won't overreact to it. But guess what, Dan? I had four entries in Survivor. I have three left. I didn't want to pick the same team twice. So I picked four different teams. Oh. Guess which one was my loser?
0: The Packers. That's correct. Uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to gave I didn't, I, I did not, mi- I have three survivor teams. And I, like you, I didn't want to pick the same. I didn't have to go down to fourth on the list. I did like a minus of three, though, quite a bit. So it killed some things there for me. I think from the other big fantasy surprise I had, it wasn't really a surprise as much as just pleasant to see, and, and, and it was the Philadelphia offense, particularly Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts, who, admittedly, I had a lot of best ball shares in. I actually got him as a QB two because he was starting to fall a little bit in some of uh, in one of my KFFC teams. Where I also have, uh, I believe, I got Dak Prescott on that team. But dude, in my late drafts, the last week, like. I literally waited on quarterback and had him as like QB 14. Now, granted, it was the Falcons, and they're they're terrible. They're one of the worst five teams in the league. Uh, But you got to like the way Hurts looked, man. 27 to 35 as well, so it was great. So very efficient through the air. Three picks, no interceptions, 264. That's a nice stat line by itself, James. But then you add into the fact that the guy uh, got 62 yards on seven carries. And I like what Miles Sanders looked like. I think Kenny Gainwell is a nice player. We'll probably talk about their there in waiver wire stash there. We saw Devontae Smith get his first touchdown of the season. Now, Zach Hurts got a little dinged up, which sort of kills the uh, little bit of buzz that was wrong with him. Goddard was a little bit involved here. But overall, Philadelphia, an offense that uh, definitely is trending upward after watching this week's action in my eyes.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. I've got Hurts as uh, my second quarterback in a couple of super flex leagues. Those leagues, I was successful this week, uh, as you would guess. Um, had him paired with Kyler Murray in one league. That was a super flex best ball we did in, uh, during the show on the broadcast on SiriusXM. XM. So yeah. pumped about that. I'll tell you one thing I took away and it was a quarterback play too. I mean, it was a lot of conversation about the Denver quarterback situation coming in. And one thing I said that, that other, um, you know, like Denver analysts had said too is, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, we know what he can do, but he can't do some of the things Drew Locke can do. I know there was a scrambling play. I think it was number one on SportsCenter, for what it's worth, that you saw Teddy Bridgewater do. And I thought, you know what? I don't know if Drew Locke could do that. And maybe this is what, you know, the upside of Teddy Bridgewater is, is moving a little bit, but still moving the ball down the field with his arm. And he looked really good. I mean, look, was the competition great? No. But I thought he was very impressive in week one.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And from impressive to unimpressive, how terrible. How terrible did the Jacksonville Jaguars look? And I've grown concerned of it, and we've talked about it over time. Basically, uh, the fact that I'm just not buying into Urban Meyer working in the NFL. Perhaps it's all these other college legends that I've seen fail in my lifetime. But holy cow, they got their butts whipped by the Texans. Now, Trevor Lawrence, for his part, didn't look terrible for his first game. And I know I mentioned on the SiriusXM fantasy show that we do uh, over there on Saturday mornings, I I was trying to get cute with one of my survivor picks thinking about, ooh, this could be a chance to use Jacksonville. The only reason I talked myself out of it is because I was like, oh, I'll use him next time. I don't have to risk this game, but...
1: <sighs> thank think, God for you.
0: Yeah, thank God. What, what an embarrassment. The Texans, Tyrod Taylor could be fantasy useful. I mean, who knows? We saw all three running backs score, but uh, nobody really separated themselves but Brandon Cooks definitely looks like he is going if he can stay healthy obviously but overall I think those were some of there's lots of things we want to start looking ahead not behind any final thoughts from you on week one
1: no I'm glad I got that Jacksonville uh last team to win at 16 to 1 it feels a lot tastier now than it did before that road game at Houston to open the year
0: it sure does it sure does and uh so there you have that. Let's transition a little bit into some of the news of the uh, that really killed a lot of the buzz of the week, and that is the injuries. Right, uh, they're piling up on us, James. And we were pretty fortunate uh, to, you know, understand coming in. You know, a lot of big names fell before we even got the week one. Right, I mean Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Gus Edwards. I mean the list goes on, but In week one, some pretty big names also getting hurt a little bit here, and I mean, the news today, uh, definitely really terrible for Raheem Mostert, who initially they were talking eight weeks, you know, put him on IR, but later in the afternoon coming out, he's just going to opt for season-ending surgery now, and Mostert, the guy that we liked coming into the season to at least start the year at running back, James, and now, again, hurt. And that's one of the reasons the 49ers have put so many other running backs around him because this guy can't stay healthy. Yep, And I think this could be his final shot, really, here to be the lead back in this offense. And then to co- make the matter more complex, Trey Zerman, the, who we, I know we both have a ton of shares of as one of our mid-round guys, we were sort of targeting there at that upside. But he starts the season in the doghouse in its sixth-round pick, Elijah Mitchell, who by the way, thank you, my friends, John Lobb and Jim Coventry, because on my other podcast over the summer, they both were touting Elijah Mitchell before he was drafted to San Francisco. And once he got drafted there, his his value dropped. But I, I've got even two dynasty leagues, our dream league already, like from just rookie drafts and like third round picks. But, James, what a mess for mostard owners, for sermon owners. And, I mean, we'll get to Elijah Mitchell and what his waiver wire value might be tonight in the leagues where he wasn't scooped up. But, overall, whoever's in that spot's
1: going to have some production. Mm-hmm. You like who's there. The question is, who's going to be there? Uh, I look forward to getting to this deeper. Yeah, that's it for Mostert there. I mean, this, was, uh, this is the final year of his contract, I do believe I read earlier. So, he'll be a free agent. With these two rookies here, we assume to be battling out um, – Again, we'll get into it more, but there's there's almost no chance that Mostert returns unless he's on a one year deal, uh, looking to be about the third guy in this backfield. Would be my guess in the future. So, yeah, it's a it's a bummer. Um, it's part it's it's part of picking running backs in fantasy football, quite frankly, in all positions. But it happens to running backs. You got to just uh, shake it off and move on.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing with all rookie running backs. I mean, we're talking about these two rookies, but I mean, look, name the rookie. I mean, Javante Williams, Najee Harris. I mean. When you draft rookies, and that's why you can't go all rookies. It takes a little while for it to develop. So your patience is also going to be part of your process here. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, Detroit. I mean, they're not the toughest of opponents, but it is pretty. I, I got to admit, I'm pretty concerned in a few leagues where there's a couple leagues. The one league in particular, our, our GSI auction league. I mean, after Etn went down, I was relying on Trey Sermon as my RB two. And I mean, obviously with Mostert out, he's going to get his chance, but. I mean, goodness, I mean, he can't be anywhere near a fantasy lineup right
1: now. I wouldn't think so for next week, right? I mean, look, uh, the reason he was inactive could well be more about Elijah Mitchell, Mitchell's ability to play in special teams, not wanting your bell cow to be a special teamer or your backup. So I understand, you know, there's, there's a dynamic to that beyond just the, oh, this guy is higher on the depth chart but he was still inactive, and that's yeah, troublesome.
0: Yeah, but Jermichael Hastie, I mean, I don't know. I he mean, was still it,
1: inactive, and that's troublesome.
0: I, I'm not saying there's not hope for Sermon. I think, I mean, certainly a guy you're not going to
1: – I'm not recommending
0: cutting or anything No, like that.
1: But, but you don't want to play him in week two, no. But the
0: Mostert injury uh, out for the season probably breathed a little bit of life back in his value here. And we'll get into Mitchell and the waiver wire stuff, but the other injury that was just terrible to see was Jerry Judy go down good news here is it's only looking like six to eight weeks at first i thought his season was going to be over but james his uh, his value was soaring as we got towards the end of summer here and once again it seems like this denver team is just a bit cursed by the injury
1: bug particularly the receiver position right it was Cortland sutton i think in week one last year uh he went down for the entirety of the season yeah it's a that's a bummer i i I don't know hopefully i'm not the black cat when you talk about uh uh, people in your fantasy league dan because i might be that character i did uh I did lay down. The largest prop bet was on Jerry Judy for me this year on the over. So, or not the over, but him out doing Cortland. So that's what sucks about. Sorry, bro.
0: Prop bets. I mean, season long prop bets. I I like, they're fun and I'll throw a little down, but you're going to hold all my money for four months. I got to risk all this injury.
1: Well, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, so I, get it. Go. I mean, I made I some I bet two. I'd do it
0: again too. I've made some too, but I like the week I like the weekly prop bets, right? The same game parlay. Those are the player props I think are a little more fun because one, it's instant gratification. Sure. And you know, I'm not a patient person, but uh I don't know, James. I, I definitely think with Denver in the situation there, um, this team has a lot of weapons. So hopefully Judy can come back. And uh, certainly if I've got him on my roster, I mean, I'm hoping I've got an IR spot. If not, and it depends on how long the league is, uh, you know, how deep those pools or those rosters go. But in shallower roster leagues, if no IR spot, this guy you're going to have to cut probably.
1: Yep, you're absolutely right. And In a no IR league with shallow spots, I mean, there are guys like guys that I don't intend on talking about today, but like a Sterling Shepard or somebody like that that are out there. Yeah. I mean, you instantly have to make that move because you, you have to instantly.
0: Yeah. So uh Odell Beckham, I mean, obviously he didn't even play, but that's pretty concerning that, you know, here he is on his way back. And I mean, he could have ended up going, mm-hmm. it, you know, that was like, it seemed like closer. We got to game day, the worse it started looking here. And, so I don't know what we can expect from him from week two. Michael Gallup goes on the IR; he's going to miss three games. Cedric Wilson filling in the slot, but really just more targets for Amari Cooper and CD Lamb. Obviously, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick probably another really big injury. Maybe not as much in fantasy, although I had him in a couple spots. Didn't have him in any of my super flex leagues. But uh, what it does to the people around him, man. I mean, my guy Terry McLaurin. He's dropping down a little bit in value. It's harder to get excited about Logan Thomas as I was a week ago without Fitzpatrick. And, you know, Gibson's volume will still be there. He'll probably be okay. But, I mean, here's a team, and I'm lucky I didn't make it out to get these bets in. But, I mean, I was touting a week ago. It's like, oh, one of my favorite division winner props, make the playoff props. And they still can't because the division is crap. But Taylor Haneke, I'm just not buying into him as being the answer. Nor am I thinking, and they're gonna sign Cam Newton or some retread off the waiver wire. It's gonna make a difference here, and they're saying six day weeks for Fitzpatrick, maybe he comes back but the hip injury at his age, I mean who knows
1: I hear you i you know what's funny is I didn't even contemplate Cam Newton as a replacement in Washington. Um, don't forget they added Samuel to the IR before the year too, so that just another piece. Or before, yeah. We but
0: I mean, the expectation is is he'll he's only going to miss these three games. So. Yeah,
1: but I mean, you, you're losing pieces already. There's two pieces that you thought were in your starting lineup that aren't available in week two.
0: Yeah, it, it sucks. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But you got to pick up the pieces. What these NFL yep. teams do, and your fantasy rosters, you do as well. And that's one of the reasons we need to take you over to the waiver wire right now. And you know, it's a big night, James. Tuesday night. A lot of leagues running their waivers. So we'll get to that Uh, and and definitely want to talk about players that are, you know, there's some of these guys like depending on your league. I mean, there could be deeper, you know, more names out there. If you're in a 10 team league or shallow league, whatever it is, but uh, just using people that are currently under 40% rostered over at Yahoo, which uh, we're looking at the roster data here. Let's just go position by position and, I think the, obviously one of the hottest names off the waiver wire guy, we already sort of talked about in the open, Jameis Winston, who uh, currently, uh, you know, is a player that I think definitely um, is, you know, got some upside here with the Saints offense. I mean, five touchdowns, a little misleading, as you already said, he only threw the ball 20 times. and But th- this game was such a blowout. It was just weird. Uh, but Winston definitely, you know, I already had him ranked inside, right inside my top 20 in my season-long ranking, so I'm not overly surprised here. I mean, maybe that they did it against the Packers, but to me it's Winston. And then after that, I mean, you've got Sam Darnold could be out there in some leagues. I know Jared Goff, Tyrod Taylor, and Derek Carr are also on this list a little bit. Mac Jones is available in just around 25% of the leagues. Which QB are you going in on most this week, James, if you need a more of a long-term solution?
1: Of the names you just threw out there, I think I'd have to say Derek Carr. Um, The Raiders' defense made some plays last night, but maybe Lamar just made those bad plays that turned it over. I don't expect the Raiders to hold people down, right? You you expect the other teams in their division to put up a lot of points. So give me Derek Carr out of that group. I'd take him ahead of Winston right now. Not that I don't like Winston, but I don't know that Winston's going to have to put up as many points to be successful as Derek Carr will.
0: Yeah, I like Winston a little better there, but, and Sam Darnold, if, I mean, here's a guy that, uh, I mean, it, it's going to take a minute to get going. It wasn't r- ripping it off the scenes, but 2435, 279, a touch, no picks. He's going to get a hundred yards in
1: the air through Christian McCaffrey yeah, the plus extended got, air and off he, every time
0: he got a rushing touchdown. So, uh, I can get behind him for sure. Um, but I'm with you. I think overall, uh, those two are the best options. I mean, Tyrod Taylor is interesting because I will say that I feel like with him, um, you know, there's there's the rushing ability and the rushing floor. So in super flex formats where maybe he wasn't drafted, I mean, he's certainly a viable option. We saw Trey Lance and Justin Fields each get in some action, uh, but I'm not, you know, they're probably already rostered in most leagues. Uh, they're over that forty percent threshold. Mac Jones is interesting, but the problem with Mac Jones, he, he looked great, and I think it's New England's. Ex- it's exciting for the future here, but but the limited rushing ability upside he has, fantasy wise, it's just not there for me. So,
1: yeah, uh, you're you're gonna get that at this point on the waiver wire. Let me ask you about one cute quarterback real quick, Taylor Haneke, that we talked about already. If you were in a super flex league, would you be willing to put a big chunk of fab on him? With the expectation he may not be around come playoff
0: time. No, it depends on your quarterback needs. I'm not that excited yeah. about him, so I, I probably wouldn't go high unless I was really desperate.
1: Okay, I kind of. I, I, kinda wish I would
0: rather have Tyrod Taylor or Jared Goff, and maybe even maybe even Jimmy Garoppolo if he's out. Te-
1: Teddy Bridgewater too. I mean, as much as I was on the Drew Lock train at ahead of time, Teddy Bridgewater deserves his due. I thought they were both worthy of starting spots. So Teddy B's, I mean, certainly a guy of consideration now too.
0: Yeah, we'll see how that hip uh, does there with Fitzpatrick and, and the the crappiest part of all this is I'm sort of a Fitzpatrick fan. I was looking forward to watching him have another run at it with this football team. And this very well could be an injury that ends up being uh, the end of his career. We'll see. Uh, Fingers crossed there for Washington. Indeed to attack below is a name that uh, I didn't even put on the report because he's up to over 50% now and he looks pretty decent, but, Let's go to the running back position. Uh, Obviously, probably the hottest waiver wire pickup of the week. Elijah Mitchell, given what we saw in week one and the news flow coming out with what we've already discussed with Mostert's injury and Sermon's benching. Uh, As I said, James, I went out in about three leagues where I, you know, deep, these were all sort of deeper leagues or leagues where I had running back needs. Uh, And and like some of the dynasty setups, I already had drafted him. Uh, But like I went out and made some picks Uh, and on Sunday, like, 1230 because i was like man this is weird he's ahead of suddenly he was ahead of trey sermon even if it was the week one depth chart this is the niners i wasn't even expecting Mostert to get hurt it, then it was just crazy but and we already sort of hit it on the head here i mean yeah mitchell's the guy i want in week two and he certainly it's his job to lose but we've got sermon that's going to get in the mix hasty's still in the mix jeff wilson could come back we know what shanahan's track record is if we could just take team running back it's there but no doubt about it. My number one waiver wire grab in any league where he's available will be Elijah Mitchell. Depern, depending on how bad your need is at running back will determine how much of that fab you want to use it. I mean, there's some teams right now. I got to admit, there's, there's a team in one league where I'm decimated at running back already in one of my serious host leagues. And it's like, dude, I, whatever fab I got left, I might have to use on this. And I don't even think it's enough because I already had to pay up. But he's the guy to get this week on the waiver wire for me.
1: I've thrown him, uh, you know, uh, fab bids in there in the 30 to 40 percent range now yeah that's fair I, I may up some i just wanted to get them in so that they were in in case you know whatever happens but you gotta
0: even if you don't need the guy you gotta put a bid out there for at least 20 percent, just to price enforce in case everybody like sleeps on him
1: i'm 100 percent with you there yeah because he's he's roster worthy i mean especially the rosters where i've already preset these i mean bids. dude I mean,
0: he's a flex play this week regardless right now for I me think so. uh, yeah. i mean you know here's a guy i haven't done my rankings yet for the week uh but i mean he's going to be amazing if he doesn't end up in the top 25 at running back for me for week two here.
1: More than likely, yeah. I, I think what's interesting, look back at the uh, situation, too, in Green Bay a few years ago. Aaron Jones was drafted behind Jamal Williams. They were fourth and fifth round picks. Man. Aaron Jones took that job and ran with it immediately. Both had value, but it's not impossible that Mitchell doesn't get the job well, over And here's season. the other
0: thing. And here's the other thing. We're worried about a workhorse. They don't have to be a workhorse in a Kyle Shannon offense. Yeah. I mean, there was a one-two punch. We were already, before anything happened, right? I mean, when we're really talking about the value of Elijah Mitchell with the uncertainty of the things we've already discussed. I mean, coming into the season, we were already projecting Mostert and Sermon as RB threes in our Fantastics projections. Yeah. I was favoring Sermon because of the higher ceiling and they were getting dra- He was getting drafted at one point, a little behind Mostert, but I mean, to me, uh, it's Mitchell. Now it becomes, you know, the, the, the higher rank back and Sermon can slide in what we expect him to maybe who knows. It's going to be the hot hand approach, but mm-hmm. running back being as valuable as it is and as depleted as it is, is certainly a thing there. Kenny Gainwell, one of those in my league couch potato, one of the moves I made to pick up Elijah Mitchell on Sunday, which I don't regret, but I sort of would wish I would have cut like somebody else, but I cut it, Kenneth Gainwell, who another rookie, James, I had my eyes on late later on in drafts. I got a lot of him in basketball, I got to tell you, in like 18th round or something. But those people that were holding out hope for Boston Scott as being fantasy-worthy this year, that was a wasted draft pick. Kenny Gainwell is the back to have outside of Miles Sanders on this Eagles offense.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with that. I've drafted him several places. Uh, I guess the difference between you and I, Dan, is I was too busy boozing on Sunday morning for uh, downtown at the Bengals game. I didn't make any of these savvy moves. And and I may, may be happy about it because at least I still have Gainwell on a roster. But uh, I'm with you. I think he's a guy to take a peek at. There's a couple others that you know I think uh, we certainly have to look at too, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, just running through the list of some some popular names. I mean, Mark Ingram has, I guess, emerged as the lead back, or was it the lead they had? I don't know, but 26 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown, never involved in the passing game. We saw Lindsey also run the ball eight times for 25 yards and a TD, and, of course, David Johnson, the passing down back. I'm not really going heavy on any of these guys. I mean, depending on the, your league and what your setup is, uh, it is interesting. I'll tell you an interesting name. I actually picked him up in our auction league. On Sunday morning and started him but once I saw Wayne Gallman was inactive and based off of what we heard from our guy D Orlando Ledbetter when he joined us on Sirius XM Fantasy earlier this summer I picked up Cordero Patterson James uh and I wasn't disappointed I I mainly did it as just a week one matchup because I was sort of desperate that that was the league where Trey Sermon was my RB2 uh and I picked up Patterson and he got seven times seven carries 54 yards two targets 13 yards And it it looks like Atlanta is committed to him being number two in the depth chart right now. And I'm sorry, I just don't buy into Mike Davis being all that great. So in PPR leagues, I think Cordero Patterson is a -a 10-touch-a-week guy right now in a team that is going to be playing from behind quite a bit. So I think he's a sneaky play this week. And
1: you're not going to have to bid a ton on the waivers to get him. Make sure he's running back eligible on your site, though, because I hate this. ESPN, where I picked him up, he's both. Yeah, that's nice. And uh, if you look at uh, uh, my fantasy league, Dan, because I have him in our GSI best ball, I'm loaded receiver. He's only receiver eligible. I still wanted him at whatever point we took him. But I'm going to slap myself on the back a little bit now. I gave you some Cordell Patterson love as a sleeper. I believe it was this podcast a week ago. So, I don't know, kudos to me. But good (laughs) good for you to pick him up. Thanks. What about a... What about Latavius Murray? I think he's the one name that if he was available, maybe somebody yeah, cut him.
0: 50% owner. Right okay, now. Yeah, I, I've I seen him in some him. of
1: my wires. Well, just the Ravens, because-
0: Raven, Raven situation is interesting because it was a little peculiar last night with Tyson Williams looking like a stud and legit. But, I mean, he is a rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a smaller. I mean, he's not like incredibly small, but I mean, definitely smaller than Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, like and Murray, uh, this proven track record. I mean, it was just a money thing, and the fact Tony Jones Jr. was flashing that he got cut here. But yeah, if he's out there in the league, I put him right behind probably Elijah Mitchell on my list at running back this week. Uh, again, it's about 50% of the leagues right now he is available. But James, I don't know. I mean, I think you both I view both Latavius Murray and Tyson Williams until further notice more RB2, RB3s. Threes. Depending on matchups, if they even get into the lineup, mostly they're going to be flex considerations at this point. But I'm viewing a 50-50 split here. And Murray, probably the likely winner of the goal line. So Easy. A big, yeah. So Tyson Williams, a great pickup for those of you that went in on him fab heavy or perhaps you had a late draft and secured him in them latter rounds. I mean, he's going to be a useful piece, but right now he's flex at best. And uh, I don't think Murray's going to go away barring injury.
1: Yep, I just thought I had to uh, throw him out there. I think they have the Chiefs next week, though, so I actually probably prefer Tyson Williams this coming week for anybody who's still trying to stream that situation. Yeah, I think –
0: yeah, I mean, definitely uh, very impressed with with the eyeball test in the preseason and certainly in week one with Tyson Williams. Uh, This is a team that's going to run the heck out of the football, so there'll be opportunities for both, and how much Lamar Jackson runs the ball also will be a factor in where their value lands. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to some other positions. Wide receiver this week – not any really big frontline names out there uh, the, to really talk too much about here, but uh, I definitely think that uh, Jalen Rager, Sterling Shepard, Christian Kirk, probably the three top on my list. Um, none of them are heavy bids and uh, i tempering my expectations, but worth adding all of them uh, in that sort of spot there. I think Sterling Shepard uh, is, is the Giants receiver to have in a PPR. Like I said it during the summer, I believe it now, and he's still only about 25% owned out here. So, Brian Edwards, Brian Edwards another interesting name there. If he if he's out there in the league, he looked pretty good last night down the stretch especially for the Raiders.
1: Yeah, he did. And I don't know about you Dan. Uh, I think when I look at receivers, like I'm ready to pounce on running backs after week 1 and waivers. Receivers I just don't know that I'm ready to pounce as quickly even if guys showed off so great maybe that's just because there's more of a plethora. The ball yeah. gets spread around. It might have been a matchup. That's just the process for I'm me, being but.
0: patient on those rookie receivers. Rondale Moore. Absolutely. Uh, Terrence Marshall. Elijah Moore. None of them had these fantastic starts, but I think they're going to grow. We saw Van Jefferson be a little more involved, and I thought on Sunday night, Zach Pascal and deeper leagues, a guy that could be scraped up out there, especially why T.Y. Hilton, and let's not forget about Tim Patrick and K.J. Hamler. Absolutely. Although, although, like you know, Judy's coming back. Sutton's the guy they've got fanned. It still is Bridgewater throwing. So the other names I've already
1: mentioned I'm a little more optimistic about. Van Jefferson is the one I think I'm keeping my eye the strongest on. I mean, they lost their bell cow and and Cam Akers and Henderson looked good, but I still could see them throwing the ball enough – for three guys to be involved and Van Jefferson did look very good so um the Broncos I I think you know in deep leagues you look at them, but yeah I like Van Jefferson probably the best uh with the upside Sammy Watkins if still available too I saw him on some wires
0: yeah yeah so uh definitely interesting there I mean tight oh, wait. End.
1: I have ahead. one more receiver I'm sorry I can't I can't let this name not go tell me to shut up and we'll move on but Josh Gordon may be reinstated uh I'm okay not, go ahead and say it I'm down with that all right tight end
0: Tight end, uh, I mean, really, Jawan Johnson's the name that's probably out there in the most leagues. I mean, he's owned in fewer than 2% of the fantasy leagues uh, at the beginning of the week. Yeah, I know he had the couple touchdowns, but James, he wasn't on the field that much. I mm-hmm. mean, he, he made the most of his targets. I'm not overreacting. I do like him on Yahoo, where he's multi-position eligible still. We talked about that, actually, last week. He would be the top play,
1: but, I mean, I'm talking 5% of the fab or less, and only if I need a tight end. What about... Uh, what about Dalton Schultz uh, with Michael Gallup going down? He was the clear number one tight end, I thought, for Dallas. Uh, Blake Jarwin
0: had a pretty solid night, I thought. And Jarwin was they the both- guy I liked coming in. But I, I hear you. I mean, tight end is a streaming thing anyway. So Fair I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm not even probably – in a lot of leagues where there's ad drops after Fab, I'll let Fab run. And if I want to check out some scrap heap at tight end, I will. But – all right. So there's that uh, waiver wire picks. We will do it every week here and uh, we'll end here with a, just a quick breeze of what the games look like on the week ahead, how the slate sets up and then we'll make our thrive fantasy picks to finish up the episode today. And James, let's uh, just quickly look at the slate. Obviously all the teams in action, no buys for several weeks still here. Thursday night football, will kick it off the giants and the Washington football team. That's interesting. Uh, with the, you know, losing their quarterback, they're still a three-point favorite in this contest. The total is down to forty and a half. There, uh, not going to be playing a lot of fantasy players in that one. Uh, that sounds like a snooze fest if I ever heard it. But uh, and you know, the first Thursday night game is always high-scoring, and then they get real low-scoring affairs mm-hmm. because it's the first week of short rest. So let's keep that in mind. Certainly going to be tracking the injuries. Saquon Barkley, I think, is the big thing we're watching here because he looked like a pretty much a dud here in week one. But and then we have a ton of one o'clock games. I think you have New Orleans, Carolina, Houston, Cleveland, Cincinnati at Chicago, Las Vegas at Pittsburgh, Buffalo at Miami. The Bills, a tough matchup here. Uh, they have to go to Miami who took care of business in New England. This is a key AFC East battle right here at the kickoff week two.
1: I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I was talking about just as a silly work conversation today and yesterday that that Pittsburgh win over Buffalo could end up being a massive win for a while. And now Buffalo on the, on the other side finds themselves playing a tough team. Not where you want to go, right? It's going to be awful hot down in Miami. I assume. I haven't looked at the extended forecast, but that's been a tough place for New England and Tom Brady historically for a long time. Maybe that transitions to Josh Allen coming from the same area of the country in the same weather. That'll be a, a big game. And back to Thursday night real quick, would you stream the Giants defense? Because they actually have a good matchup next week against the Yeah, United. I mean... So if, I you were de- I, if you were desperate, would you?
0: I, I think you'd have to consider it just based off the total alone in this contest. Yeah. I mean... Looking at the total there. Uh, The other one o'clock games of note, the Rams at the Colts should be a good one. Uh, Sam Fran at Philadelphia. So we'll see if these Eagles are for real pretty quick. And the Niners, that defense looked like it had some holes in it last week, suffered some big injuries as well. Denver at Jacksonville, New England at the Jets. Uh, Wrapping up those one o'clock. I like the Broncos uh, players this week, and they went from two and a half to six on the opening line to the current line. So, that's always a big jump. Only four 4 o'clock games. Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Arizona, Dallas at the Chargers, Tennessee at Seattle. James, that Dallas Chargers game, the total is up to 55 and a half. It's going to be a shootout. Uh, the Chargers, do uh, definitely a pretty good team. This is this is the week you want to get your little Austin Eckler and obviously uh, load up on Dak and the, and the Cowboys. You got Casey at Baltimore on Sunday Night Football. Great game there. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Ravens starting season zero and two.
1: <laughs> Me too, of course. I and was so conflicted last night in fantasy with needing Marquise Brown. I needed like a point to a point point a half to win two more games. But the Raiders win. I'm like, eh, it is the Ravens this week. Yeah, more. it was I'll nice. It out. Every all
0: the fantasy stuff would have would have been numbed a little bit by that. It was. It was the Monday Night crapper though. I won't be probably staying up late for this one. The good way for the Packers to get healthy taking on the lions at Lamba, where they're 11 point favorites. So just give Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams one more chance for you. Get too crazy with them. All right, James, let's finish it up. Thrive fantasy. That's the place to go where you can play uh, your DFS prop fantasy bets. We did it last week. We'll do it every week here. We're looking at their main feature slate. You can go over to thrive fantasy, uh, pick your slate. It's a really fun platform. I enjoyed uh, winning some money there this week and, Uh, James, the thing is about Thrive Fantasy is you just got to pick 10 out of the 20 options. The less probable prop to occur, the more points you receive from choosing it correctly. Athletes must play at least one snap to qualify in the big featured contest this week for week two. $50,000 in guaranteed prize. There was a nice overlay last week. It's only $20 to get in to take that chance. A grand prize of $10,000. So. Go over there. If you start a new account, use the promo code Fantastics. You'll get a hundred percent deposit bonus instantly, and you can start playing in those prop fantasy games. And James, last week uh, we didn't know about the ice pick. I was I'd played Thrive, but it'd been a while. I forgot they give you a backup, so we didn't implement that, and it ended up costing you because one of the props you picked was Odell Beckham. So,
1: and I should know considering I play all the time. Which, by the way, before if anybody is getting involved, uh, golf's back on. So I'll be playing the uh, the five. I play the five dollar every day on golf. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I'll already be on there before then. I should have known that, Dan. That's all right.
0: That. Well, we're gonna pick four tonight. We're gonna the fourth one will be our ice pick. We'll pick three a week and then you can set the rest with your lineup and take a chance at this money. And uh after one week, I'm up 195 to 110 on you. And uh as last week's winner, James, we have a friendly little draft this week. I thought it'd be uh fair for me just to start us out here and then we'll just take a pick each. So I'm gonna start us out. I'm gonna take your guy right off the, the plate here. I'm gonna take Darren Waller. Okay, over 70 and a half receiving yards. It's a tough matchup against Pittsburgh. That D looked legit against Buffalo and it's only 100 points either way. So it's not a lock, but I'm going to go with Darren Waller
1: over the 70 and a half receiving yards for 100 points. I could make the argument that I could go under because it's such a tough matchup and take that other side of it. You could.
0: You could. That's a different bet. You could technically take the same player if it's a different bet.
1: I won't do that though, because Darren Waller is. Well, you don't want
0: to have to root against a dude you have on like half your fantasy teams.
1: That's fact. That's accurate. And I I, I don't know which way I'll go on that prop. That may be don't hey, one. We got, a, we got touch. a
0: six pack on this season race of choice here. So, you know, make a pick that you think going to win. Don't worry about the rest.
1: I'm going to start with Nick Chubb. Let's go over 93 and a half total rushing receiving yards. They've got Houston. They're at home. They're giving even sides on this 100 points either way, over or under. 93 and a half total. Nick Chubb can do that on one play. Nick Chubb has done that on one play. This isn't just rush yards. This is rush and receiving yeah, yards. It's,
0: it's a nice, it was it's tempting. It was one I sort of give ball. me that one. But game flow could screw him. That's <laughs> the thing. And, and, I mean, that Chiefs offense looked pretty dang on good this week. You're right. Uh, so, Houston, on the other side of it, though, I don't understand, James. Like, why is it 93 and a half? Like, that's, that's the part that's like, hmm,
1: they're playing the Texans. Like, I don't get it. I guess they're thinking that maybe they're, they're on their third string running back by the second quarter.
0: You know, I'm gonna go with. I, I want to go with this one. I don't usually like making the interception bets, but and this one doesn't have great odds, but it seems pretty likely to me. I'm gonna go on the road. Jimmy Garoppolo will go over a half an interception. So basically, he's gonna throw a pick. It's only a 75 pointer, but I'm gonna put it on the board and sleep like a baby.
1: I can get behind it. Um... I I I don't know. I'm I don't know if I would ever do an interception because I'm not sure if he's getting uh, 16 in the year. But that's okay. That's your pick. I'm gonna go with one that I think is a kind of easy grab, too. You talked about it. It's Dallas against the Chargers. The total's huge. We expect fireworks nonstop. Keenan Allen is almost even money at 70 and a half total receiving yards. I'll take the over 95. I'll take the slightly less lucrative side of that. But dude. 70-and-a-half total receiving yards for Keenan Allen against the Cowboys when Dak's going to throw for 400 the other way?
0: Seems like a good one. Let's go. They always seem good when you make them. Of course. I'm going to finish up with this one. I'm gonna, i I got to take one under. I can't take three overs. I may, I'm forcing myself to pick an under. And I'm going to go with D.K. Metcalf. Tennessee at Seattle. I, I like D.K. Metcalf. I do. I do. Uh, but Tennessee, the defense isn't that great. I think Chris Carson. I think the running game. He's going to have a solid game. I'll start DK Metcalf as a wide receiver one, but I'm going to go under the eight and a half total catches for 80 points.
1: I always like under that high of a number. Eight and a half is just so big. That's why I went under with the OBJ last week, even though we didn't get to it. I think I'm just going to stay in that Dallas Chargers game because it's even money, 100 points either way, over under 64 and a half total rushing yards. I mean, the Chargers aren't a bad defense. But they didn't use Zeke at all last week. They were able to make it work with Dak. I think they got to get Zeke involved a little bit. 64 and a half total rushing yards. It's less promising given how bad last week was. But I think this is the time to get in on Zeke. Uh, Next week, this total probably is more like 80-something. So give me over. I'm going over on all three, bro.
0: All right. There you have it uh, on our main picks. For the ice pick, I'm going to go Travis Kelsey. Under one and a half receiving touchdowns. The guy can't have two every week. He'll he'll score one. He'll have his 20-plus PPR fantasy points because, you know, he's a stud. But not double touchdowns this week. I'll take that for 70 points as my ice pick, which basically if one of my other picks don't play or something happens, that's
1: my backup. I may as well just stick with all overs. Justin Jefferson over for 110 points, 89 and a half receiving yards. I mean, we saw that the Minnesota Viking defense wasn't very good last week. You're telling me that Arizona, Kyler Murray and friends aren't going to blow it up on them. They're going to have to follow suit. Maybe it's not as much Adam Thielen this week. So I'll take my chances with the over on Justin Jefferson. Overs are fun to cheer for, Dan.
0: Overs are a lot more fun, and that's what they hope for. That's what they hope for. And uh, you've got your ice pick in of Justin Jefferson for 110 points, and Be sure to check check out us on Saturday mornings, or Saturdays, I should say, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You can follow him on Twitter at JamesAdams94, me at Dan Claskins. You can catch us here every Tuesday night on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. You can get it at insiderfootball.com or subscribe wherever you listen. Good luck on those waiver wires this week. We'll be back with more next time around right here on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.